This is Killstreak. The Lucky Eight. It's Killstreak, episode 141. That's what it is. Did you catch my reference? The Lucky Eight? Um, is that what they call the people who survived the bridge? That's correct. Okay. That, of course, is Mike Price. I'm Eric Goslin. Thank you for joining us as we discuss the fifth and final Final Destination movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you want to... All... Oh, Sorry. I was no, say, no, go ahead. you wondering... No. I had seen this one before. You had? Okay. Mm-hmm. It was confirmed. I definitely had not. It was a first time viewing for me. I didn't remember anything other than the kills. That's okay. pretty much it. I didn't remember any of the plot. Gotcha. So you probably saw it fairly close to when it came out? Yeah, I think so. I don't. Okay. I have no memory of going to the theater to see it, but mm-hmm. I've definitely... Unless I just saw a super cut of the deaths... <laughs> <laughs> Which is possible. It is very possible. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get a little bit of business about the movie out of the way right up top. It was originally titled Final Destination. Oh, it was? Yeah. And then they bailed on it because they're weak cowards. And it's also in 3D. Is it? Because it seemed like some shit was going on that would be in 3D. Yeah. So I think I must have seen it in the theaters because remember how I didn't i'd seen one in 3d right and it wasn't i think it was this one so okay. yeah that actually solves the mystery yeah that me. makes sense yeah because i didn't even i didn't see that you know I, i'm gonna be honest with with the audience i i maybe did one of my uh fastest laziest uh researches for this movie of anything ever we've done i think that's fine <laughs> i i mean i really do i I mean, our last episode must might have been one of our shortest, and it's like, oh, that's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. We were talking about the podcast out on the course yesterday, and I remember, like, I was we were talking with Jim, I think, about a movie, and I was like, oh, is that before we stopped doing full recaps? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh God, yeah, I. And I'm like, was the podcast just way worse then? I think like, it might have might have been, yeah, yeah. And I worry then, do people like, I hope people jump in with new episodes and not like old ones. I would hope they just jump in where they like the movies. I was even like, should we go back and re-record just me reading the Wikipedia entry? But (laughs) I do think we'd lose a lot of like information because stuff would come up organically. That was the benefit of doing beat by beat Mm -hmm. recaps. Was yeah. that we could comment on what we liked or didn't like as sure. it was happening? Yeah, no, there's definitely an upside to it. I never but, want to do it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes watching these movies not fun, especially sure. when you're on Ginger Dead Man Three yeah. and you're yeah. like, "Fuck, I don't even want to watch this." Yeah, especially yeah, and it's like, and the on, other thing that's kind of unfortunate about it is it's a very one-sided thing. 
So, because oh, yeah. you you and having to write the recaps would be viewing the movie in a completely different way than me, and we would constantly be, I would be like, what, you didn't like that? You didn't care about that? And you're like, I was writing the whole time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that did happen a lot. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I actually kind of missed that because I was writing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Music. You never knew a damn thing about I never, the music. I yeah. never could pay attention to the music. Yeah. Well, this is definitely a superior format. Um, cool. So uh, I just oh, before we get into the movie, I saw the menu on Friday oh, yeah. night with a friend of the podcast, Ross. I have seen that trailer so many times that I almost don't want to see the movie. But was the movie good? Yeah, I liked it. Okay. Yeah, I think it's worth seeing. Um, it's. Um, Funnier than I expected. Oh, cool. I mean, you can tell from the trailer that it's going to be black, like a black comedy, or you know, at least have elements of humor. But it was mm-hmm. funnier than than that, and and I mean, like succeeded in being funny, not like it tried to be funny. Like it right, is funny. Right. Um, I think the top line of my letterbox review was, "It's a little one note, but it's a very good note." Okay. Um. And the acting's very good. Ray Fiennes is awesome. Um, he's John Le- John Leguizamo is a lot of fun. Oh yeah, he's. I, I mean, yeah. it's hard to say he's underrated, but mm-hmm. like in my mind, he got a really bad rap for like his really shitty movies in the nineties, yeah. like The Pest. They uh, they they play off that a little bit in the movie. Oh really? Yeah, not That's The fun. Pest explicitly. He doesn't play John Leguizamo, but he plays an actor. Okay. Um. Yeah, but it's really good performances all around. And I'll tell you what, man, it looked gorgeous. Uh, and I give most of the credit to that for Killstreak Hall of Famer Peter Deming uh, from the Evil Dead and Scream series. Oh, awesome. Yeah, but it like I was watching it and I was like, yeah, this looks good. I was like, the blacks are black. There's vibrant color. It's lit like a movie. Like mm-hmm. it really feels like, you know... They put a lot of time and effort into actually lighting sets and people. And there's even a shot that I think is a shout out to um, the original Scream. So oh. keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, um, I actually think I might know what shot you're talking about. It might be in the trailer. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's probably when I'll wait for rental. I can't imagine me getting to the theater before I, I get a yeah. chance to see it. You got a nice big TV. It's... It's it's beautiful, but it's the kind of beautiful that you could definitely appreciate at home. It's yeah, not yeah. like spectacle, you know. Right, right. Yeah. The other thing that I thought was cool after I looked it up was the second unit director is the um, director of Chef's Table. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they basically had him do all the food stuff. All the food stuff. Oh, that's a great idea. It is, yeah. Good call. Um, so, yeah. Recommend from me. It gets the uh, Mike Price thumbs up. Uh, which kind of thumb is that? Uh, we do a zombie and a ghost, right? This yeah. Is, okay, it gets a werewolf. Uh. Werewolf thumbs. <laughs> I don't know. Um, the other thing I'll say really fast, I won't go into detail on. Uh, Kenda and I, after some reservation from me, for no particular reason, we started watching Wednesday last night. Oh, yeah, Jess has been watching that. We really like it. Yeah, it seems anytime I've walked through the room, yeah. it seems cool. It's kind of described it perfectly. It is very watchable. Okay. Um, like it is 
it is fast moving. It's interesting. Um, I love Jenna Ortega. She's great. Um, but it's, yeah, all around. It's just like, it's breezy, uh, and, and solid. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I don't think I have anything really horror related that I watched. I did, but I, I don't really want to talk about it. It's, would be an, a real punching down situation, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> you watch? <laughs> Wait, do you like know the person who made it? Uh, no. Okay, I'll tell you later. Tell me out. Yeah, tell me off the air. Yeah. All you suckers at home can just wonder. <laughs> um, I watched Heat for the first time. <laughs> yeah, was, that's yeah. right. You did. That was mind boggling to me that I had never seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just. Especially- because it's long, I think. Sure. But, I mean, especially given the kind of stuff that you and I both have been watching a lot of these last couple of years. I know. It's sort of like a... It's like a Mount Rushmore of action movies. I know. And yeah. it, I, I know that. Like, it was just one of my big blind spots. Um, and, you know, it'd be like, oh, I should watch it. And then anytime, Yeah. It'd be, like, well, three hours, I'm... Probably not yeah. gonna watch that right now. But then Definitely. Jess went to bed at like eight o'clock one day. I'm like, oh, Ooh, fuck it, I'm just gonna watch doors it. Doors open. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, all right. Anything else you want to cover? Did you get any messages? Uh did did Peter Harmon text you again? No. Oh, I'm getting a scam likely call. Hey, that's what that. You know what though? I got one of those yesterday. They usually seem like very reliable, but I got mm-hmm. one yesterday. Turns out it was my great uncle. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, now we've never talked on my cell phone, so I would understand why, you know, they'd be like, we don't know who this is, but no scam. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the kills. Nope. No messages that I'm aware of. Okay. Yeah. Um, Matt texted me a few weeks back. Um, and he was, if I recall, he was just dunking on you for liking uh, the final destination um, from last week. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So he must have texted me at the beginning of the week. So uh, I'm sorry I found some enjoyment in a <laughs> otherwise extremely repetitive series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was that, and then yeah, after we did the 3D segment. Um, or no, I don't know if it was really a 3D thing, but he was saying like he was pitching to us how how we might try to redo or make a new installment in this series, uh, which I feel like didn't I also say like I don't think I could. Final Destination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it was Scream. I said that about. Oh, Scream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I did have some thoughts on that. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, if you were going to make it final, to New York, the new like, one six is going to be in New York. City. Okay. So is this one. So is which one? This one's in... the That bridge is in New York. Oh, it is? Is it supposed to be in New York? Yeah. I guess it is, yeah. It is, it's revealed to be... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very Oh, believable. man. I, I mean, guess it's upstate New York. I kind of don't think they should... I mean, obviously they will because mm-hmm. it's money, but like this one really does tie it all up. Yeah. In, in yeah, a, I would say if you were going to do another one... You really start from scratch. Exactly. Yeah. Start yeah. from scratch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, and maybe just recent circumstances in my life brought this on, but especially in watching this one and in reflecting on the series as a whole, I was thinking that this is a series that would actually, one of the few things that would benefit from taking it in a much grittier direction. Yeah. So it's... Or, 
more serious. Yeah, more serious just because it does play with like kind of wild ideas about mortality. And Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, you could get fairly philosophical about this stuff if you took a different approach. Yeah, and they never do. No, which is probably for the best. I mean, like I've said several times, like this series is candy. It's like, all right, you freaks, you want to see some people get torn apart? Here it is. (laughs) Sometimes in 3D. Yeah, sometimes in 3D. Uh, But yeah, it would be interesting to like, just take this series apart and start over Mm -hmm. without hitting the almost identical beats in every single movie. Right. Um, Which, like, I mean, whatever, we'll get to our series rating, Mm -hmm. which is something we forgot to do with our last series. Well, we'll rate that one too. Sure. What was our last series? I don't even remember. I don't remember either. We'll figure it out. It's been a it's been a rocky month plus. Yeah, it's been you've had a month. Um yeah, well anyways, yeah, like you were saying, um Oh, Stephen the, King. I that, that oh, I mean right. that's not really a series. There's not so. much to rate there, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um repetition though. Yeah. I think there's a lot obviously. And and you know, not I mean, I guess spoilers you know just because we usually don't spoil the whole plot of the movie in this segment of the show but what the fuck it's you know everybody dies again um and it's the kind of thing where they actually introduce something uh with one of the characters where you had uh molly you have this inkling that oh she might actually survive survive yeah Right, and then they're like, "No, we're gonna kill her anyways." And yeah, I was like that's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's really dumb. I was I like, I was like, as soon as the dream, uh, the this, you know, the vision ends, I was like, "Well, that's interesting. She doesn't die in yeah, the we vision." Fin- we finally yeah. have a character who doesn't die. Yeah, and I was like, I wonder if they'll do something with that. And what they did with it was mention it a couple times, mm-hmm. and it sort of feeds into some character decisions. So it's not like it's left untouched. But then she just fucking dies anyways. Yeah, and these people are real assumptive with their rules to this, <laughs> like how this works. They did. I mean, they, it sounds almost like they're doing the audience a favor, which is just like, you guys all know what the rules are, so we're just going to fast track them through yeah, understanding yeah, yeah. what's going on. <laughs> I was happy not to have another scene of, I looked it up on the internet, and yes. we found out that Sometimes you can escape it. <laughs> well, Jess and I were talking before the final reveal mm-hmm. of like, wow, this is the first one that doesn't mention the plane crash. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I, yeah. I mean, whatever. We're dancing around a spoiler, but we'll get to we'll, it. We'll get to it. We'll get to yeah. it. Um, okay. So the movie itself, uh, I think I mentioned this last week, but... All of these budgets are pretty comparable. This is a $40 million movie. Um, It is the first one that doesn't involve either Glenn Morgan or... uh, What's the director of 2 and 4's name? Oh, yeah. I looked him up after 2. Yeah, he passed away. That guy. The stunt coordinator guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, Fuck. I'll look it up. Okay, yeah. Look it up for me. Um, so we're on to a completely new writer and new director. Um, the director of this one is a guy named Stephen Quayle. Um, his origin story is as a second unit director for James Cameron. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, so he was second on Titanic and Avatar. Mm. Um, so that's, I mean, if you're going to take a second unit director from somewhere, that's that's about as big as second director gigs get. Yeah. Um, so, um, but he had a couple movies before this. Darkness and Superfire, neither of which has a Wikipedia page. And mm. then he worked on... Um, he co-directed Aliens of the Deep, which is the IMAX yeah. underwater movie with Cameron. Uh, the director of two is David R. Ellis. David R. Ellis. Did he, had he passed away by this time? Um, let me look. This was made in 2009, right? 2010 is when it was 10. shot. I think. He died in 2013. Okay. So, yikes. That's a insult to injury, huh? Um <laughs> But I will say that this movie, while not reinventing the wheel, certainly strikes a slightly different tone um, than his his previous entries in the series. So it's not just like a one-for-one one replacement. They did go out and get someone with a different style, I would say. Um, yeah, after, he, after this, he did two other cheapo kind of action movies, and that's it. Really? <laughs> so... So Quail uh, didn't really take off. This is arguably the height of his directing career. Hmm. Now, our writer, on the other hand, a guy named Eric Hesserer, mm-hmm. um, has had more success. So he was, um, I don't know if he was exclusively working with Platinum Dunes, but he was part of that Okay. Uh, resurgence. So he his first feature writing credit was the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, uh, which I've never seen. I've never. Uh, I mean, I've seen the Savini one, but not that one. Not oh not, Nightmare on Elm not, Street. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I heard Night of the Living Dead. Obviously. Yeah. 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 You got zombies on the brain always. <laughs> uh, this was his second script. The next one he did the Thing remake. Okay. Which we've talked about a number of times. We don't like it, but we're curious about what would have happened if they had used the effects the director wanted. Um, Then he also wrote a movie that I've seen called Lights Out, which is an adaptation of a short film. It was it's like a James Wan produced thing. It's a little forgettable, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, I watched it with a with a coworker that I thought. was romantically interested in me. Uh. Um, and she repeatedly invited me over to her house, like after 10 PM. <laughs> um, and then finally, but she would all, we would always get stoned. And then my ability to flirt or like make any moves goes completely out the window when I'm high. Sure. Um, but one, one day I just like, I, I finally asked her at like, you know, 1 a.m. at her house, I was like, listen, I don't want to be weird about this, but, like, are you interested in me at all? Like, I'm not just going to, like, try to plant one on you. We work yeah. together, you know? Yeah. Um, and she was like, no, no, I just, I like hanging out with you. I, you know, I thought we we're friends. And I was like, yeah, we can be friends. Just, I just clarifying. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. And then I was way more relaxed for the last 45 minutes of the movie. I was like, all right, give me the weed. <laughs> like, I'll get higher now. <laughs> Um, but anyways, we watched Lights Out together. Um, but anyways, the, what I've been leading up to is in 2016, Eric Hesserer wrote the script for Arrival, um, oh. which is quite a, a feather in his cap, I would say. Did he win an Academy Award for that? He was nominated. So he was nominated, yeah. He was nominated for the Oscar for Best Adapted, BAFTA as well. 
Um, he won the Critics Choice Award and the WGA Award. So mm. pretty impressive. Great script, great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did Bird Box, which mm-hmm. in Bloodshot. Yeah, and Bloodshot. Bird Box certainly a success. Bloodshot, not. But also, it was like the movie that came out when COVID was starting. Yeah, right? we were for our friend Tom's birthday. We were all going to go see Bloodshot in theaters, and it was right before the shutdown. And we were like, uh, "I'm sorry, Tom. We're we're not going to get COVID <laughs> for Bloodshot." <laughs> This is not the movie we're going to do that for. No. <laughs> yeah. And it looks like now he's the head writer for a show on Netflix called Shadow and Bone, but I don't know anything about it. Uh-huh. Um, okay. So anyways, yeah, this, um, as far as production goes, they're back in the couve. We talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit last week. You could really tell. Yeah. It's feeling very couvey. And very you know gray, what? rainy, Pacific the, Northwest. That's the other thing I would do. If I was rebooting the Final Destination series... I'd set it in fucking Vancouver for once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be like, go see a, you know, Canucks game or whatever. Is that the name of their team? Yeah, it is. I don't know. It is. I know you're not a big hockey guy. I like um, hockey is my favorite sport to watch live. It is. It's really fun being in an ice rink. I'll yeah. say that. It's cool. And it's a cool fun, vibes. fast game. Yeah. Yeah. TV. Eh, eh, whatever. Yeah, D- it sucks on TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about the cast. Um, yeah. Tony Todd returning, mm-hmm. um, playing the most down to earth version of his character yet. Although mm-hmm. he still knows a bunch of supernatural shit. Um, Courtney B. Vance, probably the only legitimate, uh, like big time actor in this movie. Yeah, um, I would have said Keckner, but. He's really been slumming it as of late, I feel. I like. think Keckner has always been slumming it. Yeah, like, I guess maybe Anchorman. Yeah, isn't that like him the in higher esteem yeah. than what he really yeah, is? I mean, he's he's not an unwelcome presence. He's just he's definitely a paycheck guy, uh-huh. you know. Um and then our lead is an actor named Nicholas D'Augusto. Were you familiar with him? No, I was just looking at his IMDb yeah. also. So no. I, I, he most recently, I mean, this isn't the most recent thing on his resume, but I watched a show on NBC a couple of years back called trial and error, okay. which was a pretty good, uh, sitcom in my opinion. Like it was, you know, it's part of the actual comedy world of things. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like executive produced by like Mike Schur or Greg Daniels or something sure. like that, but it's like kind of part of that universe of stuff. Um, or like, you know, the 30 rock kind of, mm-hmm. I would, I would describe it as being sort of like in the spiritual vein of a 30 rock as far as it's like jokes or parks and recreation. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's good. I recommend it. There's only one season. Uh, it didn't get renewed, but he's the lead in that. He's very, um, charming. Um, and do you know what his debut was? Did you look it up already? I just saw. Yeah. Yeah. His first ever role while he was still in high school was playing Larry Fouch in Election. He's the goody two-shoes kid who basically pins Matthew Broderick for throwing the election. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just watched that a couple weeks ago, and he's really good at it. I haven't seen that since high school. They're doing a a sequel. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I remember loving it. You know, 
it's one of uh, you know there's we have we have a friend of the podcast past guest. An election is his favorite movie. Who? Mookie Blakelock. I was gonna bring Mookie up because mm-hmm. Nicholas did one episode of Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment Twenty Three. Well, bigger than that, Eric. In two thousand nine, he was the co-star of a raunchy male cheerleader movie called Fired Up. Uh-huh. Which also marked the feature film debut of one Mookie Blakelock. Wow. Mookie in the sky. It's like oh, I'm trying to think of two actors. <laughs> They're like planets planets in orbit <laughs> around yeah. each other. Yeah. Or two or Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes sense. One of them's blonde, one of them's brunette. Um yeah. Uh finally uh, this movie, sort of interesting, did the worst of the series domestically. Hmm. It made $42 million. So just like but, $2 million over its budget. Yeah, over its budget. But then it almost tripled that internationally. Okay. So it made $150 million worldwide. It was a box office success. But oddly low domestic numbers. Um and I'm trying to think. 2009. This wasn't. This is not a banner time for the box office and for cinema, if my memory serves. Um, I want to say the the weekend this came out, like number one at the box office was Rise of the Planet of the Apes in its second week, which made mm. eight million dollars. Wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> so, and it was you know it was December, so. I mean, these days I feel like that's December is a, a time when you release fairly big movies, mm-hmm. but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I'm looking at uh, PJ Burns. He plays Isaac. He's uh-huh. in a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, I was gonna mention him. He is like character actor extraordinaire. Yeah, um, he's in I- Cobra Kai, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, there's Lodge 49, which I didn't see, but I heard was great. Mm-hmm. Green, Green Book, your favorite movie. <laughs> My fave movie. Oh, you know what? I screwed something up. I was looking at uh, days, not weekends. So let oh. me go. Let me. <laughs> so, so it didn't. So, uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes didn't make just. Uh, Eight million dollars. Um, it looks like it made sixty-three. Oh, that's no. a lot better. No, that's not right. Hold on. I never do this, and I'm like, yeah, this time I'm going to talk about the box office weekend, and I'm like, just completely <laughs> mired in shit now. Um, oh, I'm looking at 2011. Okay, let's go to 2009. I'm almost there, everybody. Box office mojo sucks now. Um, here we go. The Princess and the Frog. Okay. Uh, was number one at the box office this weekend. This was, oh, okay. This makes sense also. This is like a week before. Oh, God damn it. It's not 2009. It's 2010. <laughs> this is a fiasco. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm just fucking falling apart Jeez here. Louise. No, it was released in August 2011 what on earth oh yeah okay. wait 
Yeah, yeah I, underst- I understand now what happened, which is I was looking at today's date, which is December 11th. Mm. And uh, I had the year right initially, but I was in the complete wrong month. All right, I finally found it, Eric. Um, the debut weekend of Final Destination is August 12th to 14th, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. Placed third at the box office behind Rise of the Planet of the Apes and The Help. Okay. Uh, and those made $27 million and $26 million. So just sort of a whatever, kind of an average box office weekend. Okay. And this has been Mike uh, has trouble navigating box office mojo. <laughs> Look for this segment to repeat each week now. Yeah. Oh, great. Well, looking forward to it. Cool. That's all I got. Um, all right. Well, you want to take a quick break and then we can go over the plot? In our thoughts. You just want to do one two-hour segment? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yes, let's take a break. I see that it's been quite a while since your first consultation. What made you decide to take the leap today? A lot is going on in my life. I don't want to miss anything. When we're done, you'll have perfect vision. Do you know what? My assistant's giving me an incomplete file. I'll be right back. Hold on, you're leaving? Is that supposed to be happening? You're not supposed to be here. You're supposed to die on that bridge. survive a disaster and then one by one death comes for them all are you saying that we can't stop this there's an answer for everything it's kill or be killed Sam Lawton is on his way to a company retreat with his colleagues. While their bus crosses the North Bay Bridge, Sam has a premonition that high winds will cause the bridge under construction to collapse, killing everyone except his ex-girlfriend Molly Harper, whom he manages to get across the bridge safely. Panicked, he persuades Molly, his friends Nathan Sears and Peter Friedkin, Peter's girlfriend Candace Hooper, and his boss, Dennis Lapman, and co-workers, Olivia Castle and Isaac Palmer, to leave just as the bridge collapses. After being interrogated by FBI agent Jim Block, the survivors attend a memorial service for their deceased co-workers where they are being watched by Coroner William Bloodworth. Later, Candace dies during her gym practice from a chain reaction that causes her to fall off the uneven bars and snap her spine. The next day, Isaac's head is crushed by a falling Buddha statue during an acupuncture session at a Chinese spa. 
Bloodworth, who had been present for both deaths, tells the remaining survivors that if they wish to cheat death, they must kill someone who is never meant to die on the bridge and thereby claim their remaining lifespan. Oh, that's where they get that information. That's right. I forgot that. <laughs> at the same time, Sam and Molly fail to save Olivia, who falls out of a window to her death at an eye surgery clinic. Sam learns that the survivors are dying in the order they were meant to die on the bridge and realizes that Nathan is next. Nathan, who has returned to the factory, accidentally kills his co-worker Ray Carson, sorry, Roy Carson, during an argument. He relays this information to the remaining survivors, who believe that Nathan must have claimed Roy's remaining lifespan. When Dennis arrives to question the incident, a wrench launched by a belt sander splits his face, killing him. That evening, Sam and Molly rekindle their relationship at the restaurant, where the former is working where the former's working. <laughs> Peter, who has become unstable after Candace's death, interrupts the date and decides to kill Molly to take her lifespan. After Peter draws a gun, Sam and Molly both escape to the kitchen as Block overhears the gunshots from outside and enters the restaurant, only to be shot dead by Peter. The former attempts to kill Molly and Sam to eliminate witnesses, but Sam kills Peter with a meat spit to save Molly. Two weeks later, Sam and Molly board a plane to Paris. Before taking their seats, they notice a fight between Carter Horton and Alex Browning, who are both removed from the plane with Miss Luton and the other students, revealing that the plane they are boarding is Volet Airlines Flight 180. Upon takeoff, Sam overhears Alex's vision from the flight attendant uh, conversation with the passenger. When he realizes that it is too late for him and Molly to escape, both of them perish along with everyone else on the plane in the explosion that follows. At Roy's memorial, Nathan learns from a co-worker about Roy's, auto I'm sorry, Roy's autopsy and the discovery of his brain aneurysm that would have resulted in his death a short time anyway. As Nathan realizes he's still in danger, the landing gear from the plane breaks through the roof and crushes him. <laughs> it's a funny, that is a very funny ending. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And actually, I was going to ask a clarification question, but the mm -hmm. Wikipedia actually just just answered it for me. Um, so, what was that? Um, I didn't totally understand. Like, like I understood the implication that that it was like, oh, Roy would have died anyways. So oh, he yeah. was like worried about that. But I misinterpreted it as it's like, so you didn't really kill him, so you're not out of the rotation. But oh, I no, realized it was like he only had like a day or so. Yes, to live. that's what yeah. I and I understand yeah. that now, and that's actually quite clever. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, blood and guts check, Mike. What'd you think of Final Destination Five? Wait, I have one more question. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So. Is is there a reason why um, they died in the plane crash, or is it just is it just arbitrary? Like according to death's rules. I mean, yeah, according to, I mean, it's a classic Final Destination thing where they yeah. think they solved it, but mm -hmm. no, I, I, I guess let me think. Let's think about it. Because they they go out what, of their way how to, would have, to how would they have skipped? Nathan. Yeah, well, because she never died. And she he never died. And he killed. Well, I guess it makes sense for him to die because he killed uh, Sam. Sam, who's. Oh, but so 
I t- took it as like sort of the transitive property that yeah. Sam took Courtney B. Vance's life. And then and so he would have taken so Sam's he, life. Yeah. So he has essentially how, however much time Sam would have had. He has the rest of Courtney B. Vance's life. Maybe Courtney B. Vance would have died in two weeks. I think you're doing too much work for the movie. <laughs> uh, probably. Yeah. So, okay. So that I have a, that's a little bit of a nitpick for me, but, but sure. it's like they go out of their way to make it make sense for Nathan. So why wouldn't you also write it to make a, a sort of logical sense for the two of them? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like they probably just got, they just fell in love with mm-hmm. it being an act, actually mm-hmm. a prequel to the first movie. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm ready now to go back to uh, our regularly scheduled programming. Um, I'm curious what you think I'm going to say. Um, here, here, Here's my thoughts, I guess. I thought this was okay. Um, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, it certainly didn't blow me away. Um, but... I think that this is outside of the first one feels the most like a real movie, <laughs> like sort of yeah, ably directed. Uh, the performances are fine. Like a lot of the actors are sort of unrecognizable, but like no one's really bad. Yeah. Um, and it has an air of professionalism about it. Like mm-hmm. um, I think the opening sequence like the the bridge collapse is maybe for my money at least the most tense of any yes. of them. Yeah, yeah I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's some good tension in this movie. Me too. Yeah. It now it's it is I think somewhat deliberately not quite as fun as mm-hmm. some of the more like excited entries in this series, but but it's not like it's dour. You know, it is it is still they get very creative with killing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that I think the ending works really well. Um, yeah. The the tie around as a prequel, like I didn't. I, you know, I put it together right when they cut to the plane two weeks later. I'm like, oh, shit, this is the plane from the first one. Yeah, because they mentioned going to Paris a yeah. lot during the movie. But you mm-hmm. just kind of figure like. My mind actually went to they're going to be outside of the theater. Yeah. Where like the, you know, uh, what's his face? The people from the first one died. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That would make sense too. Um, And yeah, I thought it's almost like a sixth sense sort of thing where as soon as that happened, then in my head, I was like, okay, wait, was there anything in this movie that wouldn't have existed in 2000? And I had to like run through the whole thing. And I was like, no, I guess not. And in fact, when I think about like the the office building, like there's there is sort of like a like a vibe that's like a little bit like office space. It's like sort of feels like a late nineties, you know, yeah. corporate environment. And like Isaac has a flip phone when he talks on the phone, and nobody's ever really talking about like I guess were flip phones around? Maybe. They must have been in some in two thousand. Yeah, two thousand was bricks mostly, but I bet you there were a handful. I bet of there was phones. a flip phone. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it doesn't they? They don't go out of their way to make it look like two thousand, no. but they also don't really do anything that makes it seem like it wouldn't be two thousand. Yeah, they don't break. Sense. They don't completely break the illusion. 
Um, yeah. So, oh, and I will say, um, overall, pretty good deaths. Um, yeah. And 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 I I want to um, I may be saying too much now. Well, let's come back to deaths. Let's talk more about deaths in a little bit. I want to sure. hear your take. Yeah, I, I mean, I pretty much agree with you on everything you just said. I thought it was a very capable sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought at the end of the day, like a lot of these, the five of these movies kind of was the story comp- like comprehensible. Sure. <laughs> Were the deaths cool? Yeah. <laughs> those are kind of the two things mm-hmm. I'm looking for. Yeah. And I think in this case, both of those things, it checks both of those boxes. Yeah. Um, I do like, I really like the ending. Mm-hmm. It, even though I had seen this before, I forgot the ending so that like it was like, lucky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I really have like barely any memory of watching this. I, I, it's concerning. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess what I was a little bit missing was some of the fun. Yeah. From the rest of the series. Like last I'm, I, I'm the sole mm-hmm. defender of, Four, <laughs> but because I, I like, I think it's just a funny movie. Sure. But I, I, you know, I wish they would have split the difference yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I, but uh, yeah, I would, I would also say that I think probably two and three are both like more kind of goofy, yeah, to some degree than this one is. Um, it's it's probably the most serious outside of the the first installment. Yeah, um, it's it's going to be hard to rank these movies I it's think. i am yes i it, i'm having trouble with it me too um i wrote my ranking before we mm-hmm. jumped on this call and now i'm like already second guessing it yeah yeah and i will say this movie not being bad is very much complicating the rankings yeah i kind of figured just based on how series tend to go that this would be one of the worst ones and instead, it's like no, it's it's all right. So yeah. it just really muddies the waters a lot for me. Uh, that's kind of the whole series is like <laughs> even the worst one. I, yeah, I would give a fuck to. You know yeah, I, mean? I yeah. Um, so let's go back to the deaths for a second. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest credits I can pay to this movie. And I, and I would like to imagine that there's a little bit of the DNA of James Cameron in here is that while this movie makes plenty of use of CGI, yeah, it's much better integrated with practical effects than the last one was. Yes. Um, and it's just a lot less um, like it's funny to me that this was also in 3D because it felt like a lot of the really bad effects in 4 were in service of 3D gags, mm-hmm. right? And this isn't that much later, right? This is only a couple years. Two after. years later, yeah. But it's like the in this one, it's like there were only a handful of things where I was like, it feels like that's supposed to be in 3D. Like when she gets impaled on the top of the sailboat, you're kind of like, I don't know how well that shot works, yeah, unless it's in 3D. Yeah, and I'm, I am confirming because I started to doubt myself, mm-hmm. and it's Final Destination Five. Is it 2011 American 3D Supernatural? Yeah, so it is 3D. No, it totally makes sense. And, and like, I would, again, point to that shot and be like, 
that shot really feels like it's meant to be in a 3D movie. Also, the credits, the opening credits. Yeah. Like shit yeah. busting through glass, which I, I really like that opening credits. I, I liked cool. it, too. I did have a note. I thought it was very funny that we see just this whole cavalcade of different murderous implements and ways that people die. And then it just ends with a log. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> not like and not like one of the big trees yeah. from the Final Destination too. It's just like it was like Ren and Stimpy. Like it's log. It's, it's just log. it's yeah. just a log. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but overall, yeah, I would say that 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 really it's considering that it it sort of needs to be. Well, I was laughing at one of my notes, so okay. I'll share it in a second. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Considering that it needs to be a modern movie with, with a surfeit of digital effects, at least they did a good job with them. And I think they're, they're not, yeah. they don't stick out like a sore thumb like they have at points earlier in the series. There's a weight to a lot of them, which yeah. I appreciate. Absolutely. Uh, I was laughing because I think if we would have had more... Uh, foresight we should have uh, made a new category for our superlatives which uh, is longest exposed midriff because <laughs> <laughs> it's a series yeah. full of long exposed midriffs <laughs> yeah uh, sometimes i miss it and then other times i'm like it's not a good look no um, it's like that low cut jean combined yeah. with a high cut shirt yeah, and it's, I mean, the the thing, it really is the sort of thing that requires an almost unsafe level yeah. of thinness to work. I, I was going to say, do you think this time period that these movies take place in is the worst time period for women's, uh, um, I was going to say women's bodies, but that's not what I mean. I mean, like, like sort of the, the media's of, influence yes, on, yes, on exactly. women's bodies. Yeah. Well, when did heroin chic start? That was in the nineties. That was nineties, yeah. That was like nineties. I think that that was a little worse, <laughs> probably because that was like about emaciation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like I just think back to like Kate Moss and Calvin Klein ads, and it's like mm-hmm. she really looks physically unwell, and and mm-hmm. she was considered to be like one of the most beautiful women on the planet, and it's like she should be in a hospital. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also for men too not just women like mm-hmm. skeletal men reigned supreme they still do i guess yeah tall tall thin guys it seems like they all secretly have huge dicks i think that's what it is yeah yeah there's something about body composition that it's like <laughs> it all ended up in the dong <laughs> anyways um yeah the- <laughs> Uh, special effects were done by uh, a guy named Steven Adams who uh, worked on three as a pyrotechnician. And there were some pyrotechnics in that movie. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, he did Jennifer's body. But that's about it. So it's interesting because he doesn't seem like he's had a huge career, at least as a lead special effects guy. But uh, solid work here, in my opinion. Um, what else? What, what, what worked for you? Um, I think that nail on the balance beam is like one of the more tense things in the (laughs) series, which is funny. It is. It's sort of, I mean, it's smart in the way that they like, it's a little bit of a subversion. Um, something happened in the middle of this movie where I think it was the next death after that one or two deaths later. Yeah, I think it was when we were in the dentist office. 
Oh, the LASIK eye surgery? The LASIK office. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm confusing the dentist office from Final Destination Yeah. Two. It's very similar. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Similar vibes. But I think that this this series could could do with 25% less water shorting out Dude, electrics. there's so much water dripping onto the floor yeah. in shorting something out or almost shorting something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because also, I you, I think you're onto something there where it's also a misdirect 90% of the time. Uh-huh. They're always just like, how can we make it seem like someone's about to die? Uh, put some water near a shorted cord. Yeah. And that's something I misremembered about this whole series. Like, mm. I I felt like the deaths were um, all like Rube Goldberg. Yeah. But really, it's like this... All these possibilities lay themselves right. out, and then really somebody just gets like hit by a bus or something. Yeah, yeah. Like they they pull that trick a lot. They do that a lot. Sometimes they'll do a proper Rube Goldberg. Her actual death there is is quite Rube Goldbergian. Yes, right. Because yeah. you go from screw <sighs> to chalk to fan to yes. flipping to off the uneven the bars. Uneven bars coming unscrewed as well. Yeah. Ugh. That was that's, really gross. It's really gross. <laughs> the eye too, like the eye yeah. getting all fucked up. Yeah. There's, a, there's something about eyes in this one. Like mm-hmm. Keckner's character gets a wrench through his eyes. Yeah, um, it's like it's like length to length way yeah. horizontal. Yeah, is what that's I mean. a good one too. It's very fast. Yeah. Uh, Sam too uh, in the premonition gets the metal girder pole or whatever the rebar. Oh yes. Oh, that looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. He gets the rebar and it like moves his eye downwards mm-hmm. um which seems like a bad time um, um i thought is- it was funny that isaac who perhaps is one of the worst characters this series has seen mm-hmm. i think in terms of like he's sexist and racist yeah yeah <laughs> um i mean i guess there's a literal nazi in the last one but <laughs> <laughs> one he's, also, he's just one very of. annoying yeah um I, th- I thought it was funny when he, when Keckner's character lists him amongst the dead <laughs> a that couple was a of good times. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good bit. I like that. And I will say that, you know, this one, even more so than the last one, seems to really relish in torturing the worst guy. Yes. Right. So it's does. like, yeah, this guy is a total creep, but then it's like, I'm almost versus everyone else in the movie. He's the one where it's the most like torturous the way that he dies, mm-hmm. um, which feels like a, like a little bit of a statement, I guess <laughs> the least you can do. Um, we yeah. got a recurring song in this one, dust in the wind. Yeah. Honestly works better than what was it? Rocky mountain high, Rocky mountain high. I think. Yeah. Yeah. What the John is Denver that? died in a plane crash. <laughs> yeah. That was, stupid. that was the connection. <laughs> Yeah, Dust in the Wind, like, fits. It feels, you know, it's a song mm-hmm. about dying. Why didn't they pick, like, La Bamba? <laughs> I mean, I know why, but like somebody who... Chantilly Lace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or every day. Yeah, that's that one of the best visual gags uh, ever in The Simpsons. I forget if it's a treehouse of horror or they're just in a cemetery, but it's the big boppers gravestone and it just says goodbye baby (laughs) (laughs) that's good do you think this movie is really a comment on our crumbling infrastructure 
in this country. <laughs> Aren't they all? You know. Yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. It's it, uh, it's yeah. It's a real uh, argument for for more investment in public works, and I'm mm-hmm. in favor of that. That's hundred percent. Let's talk about the um, opening. Okay. Because although. Yeah, I don't want to say too much because we are going to be listing our favorite mm-hmm. openings. Mm-hmm. This one is one of the more tense, yeah. I would say, and exciting openings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think it works pretty well. There's, it's the magnitude of the death is pretty intense. <laughs> it is, although according to the deaths in the whole franchise wiki, it's significantly less than the first movie. Uh, oh yeah, I guess. Well, you can really pack people onto a Yeah, and a plane. everyone on the plane dies. Every single person. So they have the deaths listed, and I think they say this in the movie, as 293. Okay. 281 on the uh, on the actual flight or something like that. Yeah. Um, and this one, they have it estimated at 85, I think, for the bridge. That seems low, but maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Cars take up a lot of space. It's true. Not a lot of people carpooling. Um, no, another comment. They should a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, but I, I agree with you, and I think that actually they, a lot more people would have died if they all carpooled. <laughs> yeah, it would have been bad. <laughs> Take that, you fucking bus freaks! Um, everybody trying to tell us it's good for the environment. It's bad for people who die in bridge, you know, yeah. collapses. Think about the bridge collapses. Um, yeah, it's it is. Uh, it's not as much about spectacle as some of the other ones are or bombast as it is like it actually is about uh directing a scene and building tension and uh yeah uh yeah it and and like there's a sense of there's a sense of uh you know we talked about this when we covered predator and talking up uh you know uh committed convicted felon john mctiernan but uh geography it's like mm-hmm. it's actually really smart because it's like you're trying to get off a bridge. They're all going in one direction. They're all kind of in a line. So it's like you really do get this sense of it's not just like the NASCAR crash is so chaotic, you know. Yeah. And I'm not yeah. saying that's a bad thing, but it's, it's the kind of thing where it's like I couldn't for the life of me kind of tell you if everybody was just like in a spot and got hit by cars, you know. Where this one, it like really unfolds, and in you know a bridge mm-hmm. collapse, it's a good well to go to. You know, movies do it a lot because it's exciting. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is something we think about every time we drive over a bridge. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. not maybe not every time, yeah. but definitely comes into the brain more sure. than like, oh, I'm gonna get killed at a NASCAR event. <laughs> <laughs> well, I imagine I would, but not for. The not same. from the cars. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> just beat to death in the parking yeah, lot. Just for being a, a snowflake. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay. So uh, a note on something on a, on a negative, I guess. Um, I did feel like this one loses a lot of energy in the final act. Yeah, it does. Um, it it does the thing that I. I mean, it must have just subconsciously known mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, this should be a killer who's trying to, right. cl- you know, and that's what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Sam's villain turn 
doesn't work particularly. It doesn't well. work. Yeah. His his motivations don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that he would kill his friend's girlfriend mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense. Like he's all of a sudden he's like fucking possessed yeah. by a demon or something. Yeah, it's, like, it's weird. Yeah, like the like the goth guy in three who wants yeah. to kill them makes a whole lot more sense because they're not friends. Right. It's just like he got thrown in together with these people because of this crazy thing, and he feels like this guy's responsible for his girlfriend's death. That makes sense. These guys are friends. They're like old friends, and they're adults. You know, yeah. like the teenager aspect makes more sense mm-hmm. because, like, well, he's just like a high school kid. He's like yeah. kind of fucked up. Yeah. Also, but I realize like, I've I've been calling Peter Sam this entire episode. So, <laughs> oh, it's that's for me then. That uh-huh. I I accidentally did that. No, that's sorry. Okay. Sam so is the main you... character. Sam is Nicholas. Sam Degusto. is the main character. Peter is yeah. the douchebag. They could have picked two guys who looked a little different. <laughs> They're like both just dark haired, yeah. handsome guys. Yeah, it was funny. Like as the cast was getting introduced, I was like kind of white knuckling it until they introduced Nathan. Because I was like, is this just going to be a purely white cast? Like, yeah, because it starts that way. It's just like, it oh, this is a whole lot of white people who look kind of similar to each other. Um, and then, yeah, we get Courtney B. Vance, aged block. Um but yeah, not a lot of, I'll, I'll say this, not a lot of uh, Latinx representation in this one. It's true in this whole series. Yeah. Uh, and when I say a lot of not, not a lot, I mean literally none. Not, none. Not, <laughs> none at all. I don't think so. Um, oh, was the lady, I guess the pregnant lady from two. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, I mean this movie. Oh, this movie. Yeah, <laughs> this movie yeah, yeah. has literally none. Yes. Um, yeah. So I think, yeah, the way that's written, Peter's character, um, it just it just doesn't work, and I would say that you know if you were asking me to kind of highlight maybe I don't want to say worst actor, but just like part that doesn't really fit here, it's it's him. I think he just mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't bring quite the. What's funny is he actually does a pretty good job of being very uh, bereaved mm-hmm. uh, right after Candace's death. But anytime he's really asked to play any other notes, it's just sort of like, who are you? What is your... What's your character game? Yeah. And there is... I don't think there is one. No. I don't think there's one. Nathan... I know Nathan, I guess, has, has mm-hmm. a bit to do with that whole Roy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else doesn't really work. Keckner's fine. He's, yeah. you know, he's funny. It's interesting, though, because I do feel like his first... His introduction is written to be one kind of guy. Yeah, and then he doesn't really. You're right. Yeah, yeah. he's like a huge asshole. At the yeah, beginning. and that's the last time he's like a giant. The rest of the time he's sort of more like an absent-minded doofus. Yeah, uh, you know, which I think is a better fit, anyways. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think yeah. he did. A, he did a decent job. Yeah, him playing a super high-status character doesn't exactly. I mean, it, it's. Fine. I wouldn't call him. He plays an super asshole. Super high status. Well, when he's like yeah. an asshole, and he's like right. I want to be out of here in 30 seconds or, yeah. or whatever. Yes, you're right. He's not a type A yeah. guy. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody else pretty forgettable kind of. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's like the series mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. Like supporting cast is like, <laughs> who gives a shit? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say Molly didn't do a whole ton for me either. Just like. No. No, she just I mean, and again, I think that's mostly writing. She just exists as an appendage for Sam. She's not 
a developed character in her own right. Yeah, she's the blonde one, so you can yeah tell her apart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Olivia like didn't really understand the point of her character uh, to show her boobs in a bra once and yeah her midriff. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, I I did have a thought too where I was like, the movie starts with all this office shit, and I was like. This is the first I think this is the first time our main characters mm-hmm. have been out of college. I've been adults, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, are they aging it up for Except for, for Candace, she's in college. That's true. She's Candace. doing her gymnast routine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cuz she's in college. Uh-huh. Which is like, what's the age difference between her and Peter? Oh, I don't know. Half half his age. Cuz she's plus an intern seven. too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the, it seemed to me like the implication was that he got her the internship. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's how I read it, because it didn't seem predatory to me. No, because he's even like, come on, you can't. Like, yeah. I know you're my girlfriend, but. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, half your age. Can you seven. imagine if your office mate was, your coworker was dating a girl in college? <laughs> Who was an intern That'd be fucking weird at the office yeah 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 i mean i'll say this we had in uh, my first job we had an intern who was pretty cute i never flirted with her because even then i was like i don't think that's appropriate i can't like i've never made a pass at a coworker ever like mm-hmm. i i have a few times been flirted with and then engaged but um but she was like a junior in college and i was like 22 so yeah it was like th- it wouldn't have been no that's that's only like a couple year age difference yeah it was i think honestly i think i was like a year and a half older or two years older than her at most so. yeah 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 um okay cool anyway yeah i don't have much more to add about final yeah. destination five okay let's uh let's talk deaths let's do, do i go off of my list or the list you sent me uh i don't know the the one this seemed pretty th- thorough and and easy to to read but well, yeah, let's, let's check this there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen on this well twelve individual people yeah let's i'll i'll use this um okay. so in the opening premonition we get candace who's impaled through the stomach by the mast of a sailboat uh bus driver drowns when the bus is flooded isaac drowns in the bus also Olivia gets crushed by a falling car after she falls off the bridge. Nathan gets killed by a falling hook and smashed into the side of his head. That smash. Oh, I didn't even catch that. That connection. Oh, yeah. Like, Me neither. Like, yeah. Um, Dennis Lapham gets melted with tar. Oh, that's pretty good. He like, yeah. you know, that. He's like hand, the skin. Yeah, there's his little skin sloughing off. off his hand. Yeah, it's gnarly. That's called degloving. Yeah. Which is really a horrible term. You, um, go- Peter, you, you Google it a lot, right? <laughs> Peter gets impaled through the back of the eye by several pieces of rebar. And then Sam gets sliced in half from a metal fence. And then in real life, 86 unknown people <laughs> are killed when the bridge collapses. And. Candace falls off a support beam and snaps her spinal cord doing her routine. Isaac gets his skull crushed by a falling Buddha statue. And that's after he gets 
acupuncture needles like rammed into his body when he falls off the massage yeah. table. Yeah, very. He pulls one all the way out, and it's very hard to watch. It is. They're they're thick boys. <laughs> Olivia um, falls onto a car after falling through a window. But that's also after she gets her eyes obliterated with a LASIK machine. Yeah, her right eye is completely in destroyed hand. in her hand yeah. by a laser. Um, Roy falls off of a... He gets pushed onto a metal hook by Nathan, causing it to go under his chin and through the top of his head. Dennis Lapham is killed when a wrench flew into his eye line. Agent Jim Block is shot three times in the back by Peter. Peter is impaled through the back. Uh, by with by Sam with a meat skewer. Molly gets sliced in half by a plane wing after being sucked out of the airplane. Sam gets burned to death when the plane explodes. And then Nathan gets crushed by a falling piece of Flight 180's airplane. Um, and also unnamed bartenders also presumably crushed along with John, who I don't know who that That's is. That's Roy's buddy. Oh, Roy's buddy. Yeah. And then other people in the bar. Yeah. Total death count 105. Not bad. All right. Um what would you what was your favorite death? Um I thought about this for a little while. Uh like I said, there's a lot of good ones in here. I will say that it's kind of like it's a tough call. The deaths in this movie are sort of like this franchise. Like there's a lot of good not great ones mm-hmm. and nothing really rose to the top for me. But I did think of something that I really got a kick out of in an incredibly morbid way. And the initial death was also very solid. So I'm going to go with Peter's premonition death with the rebar. The rebar, yeah. Because one, the rebar works well. It's effective. It's it's jarring. Um, It's sort of like the nail gun death on steroids in a way. Mm -hmm. But then... He falls off the bridge and tumbles a hundred feet down. And you can see, you know, like the concrete base of the bridge. It's like anchoring it in the river. Uh, And he's falling for long enough that you're like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Is he going to hit it? Is he going to hit it? Or is he going to go in the water? And then he hits it. And for like a microsecond, there's a big splash of blood and he bounces off and into the water. Yeah, that and is it's, really good. And it's done in a way where they don't cut to a close-up and I think it's better for it. Where it's yes. just like, it's 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 all in one and it's pretty funny. So so that'll be my pick. I think my pick for sure is uh, Candace's failed attempt at on it's, the uneven bars. It's definitely my runner-up. so yeah. shocking and brutal and gross. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it just it it's not super believable like the no. amount of destruction that happens to her body <laughs> yeah. but it is fucking gross yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah there i will say that there's you know this is throughout this whole series but in this movie i i felt it a little more some deaths where it's like the fence thing that i complained about in the last one where it's just like this level of carnage is not commensurate with the damage that was done yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So like she could still die, but hers is fun for doing it. But then I think about like Isaac when the Buddha falls on his head. Oh yeah, it's that's like his fucking head crushes yeah. like a Kinder egg. Yeah, it's like a rest in peace Gallagher show. Um, <laughs> don't really, he's an asshole. But uh, well, I don't. I guess I don't. Don't speak ill of the dead or whatever. But um, 
I, I, I honestly think that'd be more effective if the thing falls on his head and like kind of half crushes it. Yeah, yeah. And then right. just like sat, you know, if it was just like oh. if I was directing this scene, yeah, I would have it like sort of indent his whole head and then just oh, sit there. That is way worse, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um a little more like something that would happen in a uh Brandon Cronenberg movie. Oh yeah, the new trailer for his new one just yeah. dropped. Infinity Pool. It looks insane, which yeah. is to be expected. I will see it. And I will oh, be I will unsettled, too. I'm sure. Uh, severed zombie thumbs, up or down? Is this movie gory? Uh, yes, this is a gory, gory yes. movie. Yes, thumbs up. Uh, ghost thumbs, up or down? Is this movie scary? Mike, what do you think? Um, In the grand scheme of everything that we do, no. But... I'll give it sort of a, a special mention for like we talked about the, the tension that exists in the film is more, is, there's more of that than there is in most of the other movies in this series. So it doesn't rise to the level of a thumbs up for me, mm-hmm. but maybe it gets like a halfway, you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's not nothing. I agree with you. There's it's, it's not nothing. Um, but yeah, it's not the exorcist. Well, no. that's a bad example, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the scariest movie ever. <laughs> the scariest movie of all time. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Let's take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our rankings and superlatives. Do, and do you want to do you want to give a a final oh, ruling yeah. on the movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give this one a uh, out of a wed better behead. I'm going to give this one. It's tough. Mm-hmm. I guess a, I guess a bed. Like, okay. I'm not like itching to see it again anytime soon. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun, but yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah, I. No other film in this series has received a wed from me. Um, I think it's the first been, one. No, I think the first one was a high bed, but yeah. I'll I'll check during the break. But um, I gotta check too. Yeah, my memory is that I gave beds to everything except the last one. Um, yeah. So this one will certainly receive a bed from me with with no real hesitation. You know, you heard it, you heard it at the top and throughout. Uh, I liked it. It wasn't amazing, but I liked it. Um, and it's more the kind of thing where I would say if you're doing a final destination watch through or whatever. And somebody goes, oh, can I skip the last one? I'd be like, no, I wouldn't. I'd, yeah. I would include it. You know. Also, there's only five movies, and I only disliked one of them, so I would just tell you to watch all of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I think they're, if I were to pick essential ones, mm-hmm. I would pick three of them, I okay. would say. And I won't reveal what those three are, but they'll be okay. my top three, I think. All right. That makes sense. Well, let's find out soon after the break.
Okay. We're back. We have this whole series now to rank. But first, let's start talking about some superlatives. If this is your first series with us here at Killstreak, we like to hand out little awards, little pats on the back, and sometimes demerits, uh, depending on the category. Where should we start with this one? Um, why don't we start with our uh, acting awards? Okay. Yeah. Um, let's start with the good. How about that? Yeah. Do you uh, let's start with the good? You want to go first? Who's who's your best actor in this whole series? I know if I don't say Ali Larder, you're gonna get mad. <laughs> no, I won't. But <laughs> I think it might be. McKelty Williamson as George in part four because he's mm-hmm. the only one that I felt any emotion for. <laughs> he like has a lot of heavy lifting him. to do. Yeah. 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 He, yeah. And he has like a backstory. He's like in AA, mm-hmm. his family died or left him. I don't remember, but he, he pulled some weight. Sure. He, yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah uh i think that that works just fine um yeah for me i went back and forth a little bit on this one it kind of feels like i like i had a hard time getting outside the um paradigm of of the lead roles right like the two yeah the two topped build and i think yeah so michael t williamson's a a good idea or McKelty. I've never known how that's pronounced either. Mc- I think it's McKelty, but maybe okay. I'm wrong. Um, so, oh, you're right. Maybe it is Michael T. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> either. Um, and we'll never know. No, we'll never There's know. There's no oh. way to find out. Oh, my dogs are looking at me. <laughs> they're, they're outside my door just looking at me. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Who let them out? Um, so I'm going to say that when pressed uh and 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 this is pulling a lot of points probably from just like a general feeling about this person's acting ability jesus christ my wife's looking at me now what she's flat <laughs> my wife just flashed me <laughs> oh, that's exciting close your eyes that's dogs I am going to say oh man i'm re- taking it right down to the wire here i'm i'm deciding as i speak eric um, you know, because of, uh, I'm going to give the edge to the actor who made the more interesting choices and yeah. also because it will really not appear in any of my other superlatives in a meaningful way. So I will say the anchor of, of the origin of this franchise, Devin Sawa gets, okay. gets my pick. I think he does good crazy nervous energy and Mm. and i have an affection for him right i like i Mm -hmm. I like him in other things um i will say that this is not a franchise that is bursting with tour de force acting performances (laughs) no (laughs) the other one i was going i hemming and hawing about was mary elizabeth winstead in final destination oh sure yeah she's fine yeah that's the thing. She she's a good actor who's fine. Yeah, she plays it down the middle very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So I feel comfortable with that pick. What about your worst actor? I know this is one you struggled with a little bit. I struggled with because I don't think there's any outright stinkers in the series. But <laughs> my pick is 
everyone who's not a lead in all five movies. <laughs> They're all it's like who the fuck do I pick? I don't know. Well, you gave your best actor award to one of those people, so just saying that oh you're right other than the people who have been mentioned okay i'll I'll say i'll call out devin sawan does not get lumped Mm. into this mary elizabeth winstead does Mm. not what about ali larder ali larder does not get saved from your guillotine she's safe mccalty williamson um keckner gets spared (laughs) i mean nobody's terrible i don't think i don't know you tell me maybe it'll inspire me i mean the problem is, you know, when you run down this whole thing, there's probably like 40 very uninspired performances in this series. Yeah. And you're right. Not a lot of them stick out as being truly horrendous. Uh, so you stole, you took a little wind out of my sails, not all of it. I got a little more. I drilled down a bit more, but mine is also an ensemble award. And oh, great. it is, uh, so it's like the reverse SAG ensemble cast award. <laughs> um, worst acting goes to everyone in Final Destination 2. Oh, yeah, sure. It's sure. Yeah, those are real bad. It's just a barren wasteland of making yeah. any impact at all. Um, yeah. Because it's a movie, like, no movie in this series is more driven by its job, which is just to show creative kills. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right. What's That's there? a good pick. Uh, it, it also, like, I would say in this movie, I think Isaac is one of the worst characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's hard, it was easier for me to think of bad characters sure. than but bad Yeah, actors. but that actor does a decent job with that shitty character. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Um, cool. Moving All on. Right. Let's talk about our favorite deaths. All right. We have our own personal top three. Sounds good. Um, uh, I can kick it off. Okay. No, I want to uh, go first. I think, okay, you, <laughs> you go went, first. You went first on the last one. Also, whoever goes first here is also going to be the one who gets to say number one. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> go for cause it. Because there's almost no <laughs> chance in hell we don't have the same one. Um, yeah, I know. Okay, so my first one, number three on my list, uh, is from Final Destination 3. Mm-hmm. And it goes to the character Aaron and the aforementioned nail gun demise. Uh, it's very creative. It's fun. It's not so crazy that it blows you away. It's just like, oh, man. What yeah. about you, Eric? Yeah, mine was number three, the nail gun death <laughs> in Final Destination <laughs> 3. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what? It's just like really, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the, the nails going through the back of her head and pinning her yes, the hand. hand to her forehead. It's just really great. Yeah. This is really creative. That's what really sells it. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those deaths in this series. Like, there are sort of two metrics, which, like, one is sort of execution and the other is, like, sort of creativity and the conception. And it's one that I think has both, right? Mm -hmm. There are some really creative ones that are very, like, sort of you don't see a whole lot of it. You just, like, it's like, oh, that's a really creative way to die. But it's also like, well, I didn't see anything other than just somebody getting crushed or whatever. Yeah. All right. So here's, here's my compromise just so... So that I get to keep number one, but I don't, I can't possibly steal all three from you. Why don't you go first with your second pick? 
I think my second pick is going to be uh, from this last movie, mm-hmm. Five, The Gymnast Death. Um, yeah. Because it, it really, it's just, I, I do also like, you know, uh, in comparison to The Nail Gun mm-hmm. Death, I like a good quick hit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like something that happens that's like, makes you go like, oh shit. Like that kind <laughs> of, and that definitely, it no, looks hundred percent so fucking weird yeah. and crazy. Like, I I imagine it looks realistic. I don't know. <laughs> like if that if if not not like that would realistically if happen. If she'd been coming from that? higher and going faster than yeah, yes. if she had been falling from the roof or something, yeah. then yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that's a very good one. It was in contention. Also, I was holding off on my honorable mention because I didn't want to accidentally steal it from you, and now I think it's safe. Uh, my honorable mention award was going to go to Rory from Final Destination Two, the guy who gets cut in three parts by the flying yeah that's a good fence. one um that's a good one but that's that's not what we're doing here we're doing a top three and my number one and honestly i will be absolutely blown away if this is not well, you didn't say your number two. Oh, i didn't you're right ah getting ahead of myself <laughs> uh my number two um for its effectiveness as an overall scene and and you know a vibe Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with the Ashleys dying yeah. in the tanning beds in Final Destination Three. So my my three and my two are both from Final Destination Three. That's good. I like that one a lot. Uh, all right. Well, why don't you tell us your number one? My number one. Your number one. Everyone's mm-hmm. number one. Hands down, the best death in this entire series. Tim Carpenter crushed by a plate of glass <laughs> in Final it's Destination so 2. It's so good. Yeah, that's the one for me. He gets just obliterated by a pane of glass. It's truly incredible. It's like one of the best deaths I've ranked on this show. Yeah. 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 We watched it in slow motion on the show. That's how much yeah. we liked it. And you know what? It's it also that's a testament to the quality of the death that it's like it's just as good if you watch it in slow motion. Mm-hmm. It's that that's how effective it is. You can go frame by frame, at least on YouTube, and uh, and it still satisfies. Okay, our next segment we're going to be ranking the opening premonitions from all five movies, mm-hmm. and this is a good way to lay out what they are. And really, it's the only thing that defines them from each other so let's go in order mm-hmm. we get 2000s final destination that is the plane crash that um yeah it's it's the plane crash plane one. crash uh and then final destination 2 we have the traffic accident that is like instigated from falling logs the off logging of a truck. truck yeah yeah all right, Final and Destination 3. Final Destination 3, we got the roller coaster that goes haywire. Mm-hmm. Four, we have the NASCAR extravaganza. Yeah. I don't think it's technically and, branded NASCAR race. Right? Sure, it's probably it's not. stock yeah. car racing, but yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. I apologize for letting that come out of my mouth. <laughs> you asshole. And then finally, the one we just watched, five, uh, that is the bridge collapse. The bridge Okay. The bridge. All right. Should we, get... Should we just go back and forth? Yeah. Start from the bottom. All right. I'll go first with my bottom one, and it is the uh, stock car mm-hmm. event 
um, that uh, everything goes to shit. I mean, like there are some individual moments that are fun, mm-hmm. but it, the CGI-ness of it all yeah. makes it all feel pretty weightless. And mm-hmm. it's also like, it's a real, like they picked a, they picked something out of a hat. <laughs> like it doesn't feel that inspired. No, it's not inspired. Age. It's almost like they tried to just be like, what is a, where's a place a bunch of people could die at once? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, same for me. Uh, Final Destination 4 as well. You hit the nail on the head. Uh, it's completely undone by the weightless digital 3D effects. It just doesn't feel impactful in any way to me. Yeah. And also, like I mentioned before, it's it's pretty chaotic and it's very contained. You know, it's like all these people who die are pretty much sitting in like the same six rows mm-hmm. of this like really just anonymous concrete bleachers it's 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 visually uninteresting and yeah yeah it's there's there's not a lot working in its favor um my number four is the roller coaster crash from from three Mm -hmm. and i think that one would rank a bit higher if there's just more details sure i think that that was the undoing of the inciting incident in three Mm -hmm. was that like I think they missed a few opportunities of really getting some more yeah. carnage in there. You get a bunch of people who just kind of go flying away. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, like you said, feels like a missed opportunity. Um, my number four, and this is a tough one, went back and forth a lot between four and three. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we're flip-flopped on this. We'll see. Uh, the original plane crash from Final Destination mm-hmm. 1. Um it's before really the formula was cemented, right? So it's yeah. it's doing something a little different. It's more just portraying a plane crash and making sure we see the order in which people die. Um, yeah. But it's pretty down the middle. Uh, like, you you know, it, it's a little lacking in creativity. But again, that's like that wasn't the assignment at that point. Um, right. So I don't really hold it against it so much, but when I'm ranking these for excitement, and I think it also suffers a little bit from what you said about three, where it's like there's an anonymity, a lack of specificity, like so many people just go flying out of the plane, which is what mm. would happen. But it's like, what really happens besides people flying out of a plane or or burning up in fire, you know? Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So then my number three is the plane crash. And I think the only reason it ranks higher than the roller coaster for me is that I'm legitimately afraid of plane crashes. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of it. Like I, I can insert myself in there a little more. It's a real recurring theme for you in this franchise. Like just like, yeah. this is all terrifying because I think a lot about real world ways to die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So my number three is the roller coaster. I think everything that you said was valid. I just think like the creativity is a little more present. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I think otherwise one and three are kind of of similar ilk, you know? Yes. What about your number right, two? My number, t- my number two from this movie, final station five, the bridge collapse. Um, I think it's like we always said, it's, it's tense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of cool moments. Um, I don't have much against it. Yeah. Other than I like the other one better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Well, we're gonna be in lockstep on these last two. That, All right. That is my second pick as well. You 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 said it. Uh, you said it well. Um, 
So let's move on to number one. Yeah. All right. Talk to me about your the, the uh, traffic accident, why that one works so well for you. You know, there's a little bit of magic to it. Like, there's lots of things I can point to, but it has a certain je ne sais quoi about mm-hmm. it. And it does, it kind of feels like the reason that they hired David R. Ellis to direct this movie. It's mm-hmm. like, well, who is the absolute best person to do? Because in terms of creativity as like a, a top line concept, it's not much there. It's a highway pilot. No. Right? Yeah. The introduction of the logging truck and the logs themselves definitely like, you know, diversifies it a little bit. But it's really, I think to me, the thing that works the best about it is there is like a heightening that happens, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like natural as more and more cars hit the wreck, right? But it it escalates in a really satisfying way. And it also is the thing that actually did establish the formula of how these openings were going to go from here on out. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And it is a real world thing we encounter almost daily. Yeah. You know, Huge think- logs bouncing around the highway. Yeah, I mean, like just being on the highway. <laughs> yes, I know. Then, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I mean, I don't need to say much more. That's that's exactly right. And also that log going through the police car mm-hmm. and turning him into juice is just great. Yeah, yeah. What it what it really benefits from as much of it as anything else is surprise because mm-hmm. you know the first time I saw it was when there was no Final Destination three, four, or five. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like. It's the first time somebody decided to do this really, uh, you know, almost in any movie because, you know, you have big disasters in movies, but they're not carried out with the same kind of gleeful gore that you yeah. find in this. Right. And I like I struggle to think of of another place before this movie that you would see such detailed uh, death in a in a disaster in in this in in this quantity, you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's deaths that never are like sickening. Mm-hmm. They're more they're shocking, but they're yeah. they're not like it's not like saw or something. Right. Where yeah. It's like oh. All right. Well, let's get into our series ranking. Um. Who should kick this one off? I can start. Um, All right. I'm feeling swift right now. Um, You're a Swifty. <laughs> my wife is, that's for sure. <laughs> um, my my pick for number five should come as no surprise to anyone who followed us through the series. Um, the Final Destination, Final Destination mm-hmm. 4. Uh, just, you know, it... It worked for me the least. I, I don't want to condemn this movie and say it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's just not... It wasn't particularly satisfying for me, largely because you come here for the deaths, the you know the effects, the special effects, and there mm-hmm. was just such a heavy emphasis on very poorly aged digital effects and in mm-hmm. service to 3D. Um, so it just, you know, I was left wanting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, that's my number five as well. Uh, although I did like it more than you, mm-hmm. it's still in comparison to the others. It's a trifle. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's in the deaths. 
that really was the nail in the coffin for me on this mm-hmm. one. The deaths weren't spectacular. Yeah. Um, and that's that's why you come to this. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's number five. What's your number four? All right. These next four are going to be very difficult for me. <laughs> it is tough. Um, so that should tell you something. And, and you know, my, my, my rankings, or I, I should say my ratings throughout the series, you know, uh, bear this up. Out. Bear this out, right? Final Destination 4, I gave a, a behead to. The rest of these were all beds. No weds, mm-hmm. all beds. And I checked. I think I gave a bed to everything. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, a series, I meant. Yeah. So, oh, God. Okay. So, I'm just going to have to do this by process of elimination. It's not that one. It can't be that one. Mm-hmm. It's down to two movies. Oh, boy. I mean, this is a question of nostalgia versus execution. Yeah. And I will, perhaps predictably, considering, you know, how how you you, you guys know what I'm into. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you don't need to see my search history. Um, I'm going to give the edge... To nostalgia and in in the number four slot it, it almost pains me to say this but i will say this week's film final destination five um okay is gonna have to be fourth and the thing is you know you just heard us kind of extol the relative virtues of this film so really this is just a testament to how close together i truly think all four of these movies are they are if they were receiving letter grades from me on Letterboxd, which they will soon, they might all get the same grade. Like, yeah. on a much more granular scale than our wed, bed, behead. But five, I will say, just, it's all execution, right? It's not, it's not reinventing the wheel very much. It's just doing everything pretty well, um... So yeah, that's that's really all the, all I can say about it. So I wonder if we're flip flop flopping mm-hmm. here because my number four, I'm going with number three, part mm. three. Um, because for me that one got five got the edge over three because I don't think the deaths other than the nail gun mm-hmm. are that great, and I'm struggling to think of what they are. Okay. There's the the flagpole through the girl. There's the Ashleys. Oh, the Ashleys. I forgot that was three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm with you then. <laughs> but I'll, I'll put five okay. in the four spot. All right. Yeah. Well, That's a good call. you don't have to follow me because things are going to continue to get shaken up here. Okay. So it's up to it's up to you. You have you have, you know, obviously you always are allowed to go back and adjust your picks as you see fit. Um, my number three, perhaps surprising to you, is going to be the original Final Destination. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here is my thesis. This movie is Friday the 13th. It's like yeah. the black sheep of the franchise. <laughs> it's a different kind of movie than the rest of these. Mm-hmm. And on on like objectively, is it better than the other two remaining maybe probably at least one of them 
yeah, I can say very confidently it's better than one of them, maybe both of them. But it's not a true Final Destination movie. Um, And again, this is not a bad thing so much as it's just like, it's kind of the least exciting of all of them, maybe barring four for me. But even still, it's like, you know, it's just a very down the middle, like teen horror, like kind of light teen horror movie from that era of like the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, I think it's more memorable for sparking this franchise than it is for the movie itself. So, so I, I showed my hand mm-hmm. on the last pick cause I'll put my three in the three. I'll put number three in the three slot. Um, so I already, I already sort of spoke about why mm-hmm. I feel that way about three. I just don't think it's, Maybe I was in a weird mood when I watched it. Okay. I just it didn't really excite me. Uh, I like the Ashley's death. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And the nail gun death, but like there wasn't much else that really there wasn't much that I could grab onto. Mm-hmm. But again, like we're talking like fucking fractions. Yeah, of absolutely. Difference between these. It's like an. So ombre. I'm gonna stick with that for. No- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna stick with that for for my number three. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. Okay. God damn it! This is still gonna be really hard for me. Um. If it's okay with you, I'd like mm-hmm. to speak about my two remaining films. Yeah, let's just talk about it. Okay, so I have left Final Destination 2 and Final Destination 3. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I was just talking about why the opening sequence for Final Destination 2 is so important. Because it's, it's mm-hmm. like, formative, right? It's, it's this inspiration. I'll say this right now. The deaths across the board, Final Destination 2 is the best movie. For deaths. Yes, I agree with you. Um, however, I would say that Final Destination 3 is probably second, um, if not third after five. Um, but it's up there. And the caliber of, I think, the script and the acting and the directing outside of the action set pieces is is demonstrably better in Final Destination Mm -hmm. 3. And this is where I run into trouble because it's like, and if Final Destination 2 was just fine, like all Final Destination 2 needs to firmly grab the top spot is for them to have decided to hire two known actors for their lead spots, Mm -hmm. but they couldn't do it. They had to use absolute fucking nobodies up and down the entire cast. So it's like it's a movie where one of the huge components of a movie is kind of bad. And that is yeah. like all of the acting. But OK. Yeah. So so what I want to hear what you have to say in response to that. So because it's a little complicated now because. Yeah, you have one. Number one yeah. is in my right. two slot. OK. And what I will say about one is I agree with what you said that mm-hmm. it is an outlier. It is not fully developed into what the series became, mm-hmm. but I think it's probably one of the better standalone movies. I agree in the with series, that. Yeah, 100%. And more mm-hmm. um, it. Yeah. A hundred percent. And more watchable. But it lacks some of the fun 
Yeah. But I think that it being just like one of the better movies mm-hmm. kicks it up a little bit for me. So there's that. Okay. Two, I mean, let's just, I'll just spoil everything. For yeah. You. Two is in my top slot. Yeah. And I'll say for two, it is the series best opening and deaths. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun. The acting sucks. <laughs> the characters suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not but, just the actors. It's like the script gives them fucking nothing to do. Yeah. yeah. But it is like, I think it is the platonic ideal of a Final Destination mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And that's kind of, I, I, I kind of, I basically agree with you. But it's like, is the, so, so I guess this is the thing where it's like, if this is kind of like, I think we're introducing a little bit of a logical conundrum here because if we yeah. are handing out spots based on how you, how much of a canonical, like, you know, final destination movie are you, then I, I feel like that almost behooves you to move one down your list. Right. Yeah. And, and that's, you're right. Yeah. I, you're right. I actually, I do agree with you. Um, so, for me, God, I almost jokingly said it's number five and then a four-way tie for. <laughs> <laughs> it's so close. Okay, here's, or sorry, number four and then a. Four this way. is this is what I'm going to propose. I'm going to go my own way with my individual ranking, and then I think mm-hmm. we can. But I think we will be able to find consensus fairly easily with the yeah, kill streak canonical rankings. Sure. So I will give. Final Destination 3, the slight edge over 2, because even though everything Eric said is true, it's just, it's miss, it's like a car with one flat wheel. It's like, it's like a a car that drives incredibly well, but one of the tires is completely flat. (laughs) And it's like, your choice is to drive this car and you can never put air in that tire, or you can drive this like chevrolet cutlass from 1999 (laughs) but it it has all its tires it runs fine um right 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 so two will fall into my second spot and three will get the slightest of slight edges because i as opposed to you did enjoy the kills across the board in three for the most part i think Mm -hmm. the cast is better the script is more memorable um and it actually it's truly outside of one it's the only other movie in this franchise that has like a true leading actor in in the starring yeah. role, right? That is true. You know, yeah. uh, no no offense to Nick D'Agosto, who I like quite a bit, but it's like Mary Elizabeth Winstead is you know she's not an A list movie star, but she is a movie star. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, that'll be my pick. And so obviously you you said it, but if you want to just state it one more time, your two and your one. My two uh in my one in my two slot I have number one and then well. number two in my number one. Oh no, you know what I, I will agree with well No, to do whatever. No, no, you, that's you, my personal yeah. that's my personal, yeah. And I was gonna say sounds so like a my real list. Mess. <laughs> my list my personal list from top to bottom is two, uh, one, three, five, four. Okay. Uh, and mine is three, two, one, five, four. And I also just realized that absentmindedly I was playing with a balloon from my birthday last week. I suspect that made a lot of noise on the mic. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. Okay, hear anything. that's good. But if if that was a distraction at home, I apologize. It has ceased. 
<laughs> All right, so let's talk about our canonical podcast rankings now. We can lock in four and five. Yeah, yeah. We were in agreement on that. And mm-hmm. then I am comfortable move or leaving two in the top slot. Okay. Because I think that, like, it satisfies me enough that we're, like, adhering to the logic of how we kind of, the criteria for this list, right? If mm-hmm. two is the best, then one almost by definition can't be better than three. Because yeah. three is, like, a very successful execution of the of template. Two's yeah, formula. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so then let's move one to three and three to two. That makes sense. Yes. So the official Kill Street canonical rankings for the Final Destination series go as follows. In the first slot, Final Destination 2, followed by Final Destination 3, then Final Destination 1, then Final Destination 5, and finally Final Destination 4, a.k.a. The Final Destination. All right. And then now a series grade. Okay. I Do you want to start or you want me to start? You go. Okay. I had a grade in mind until I watched 5. It was better than I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And I will say that as much as even though 5 ended up in the fourth slot on this list, I think it pulled this entire series up a grade for me. Mm-hmm. Uh and I will say it's a funny thing because the series is way is so down the middle, but that's actually pretty hard to do. Yeah, it <laughs> most is. series are full of a lot of shit, and this one is mm-hmm. not really. It also doesn't have any great movies in it. Um, mm-hmm. So to me, it's gonna land at a B minus. B minus was exactly what I was thinking too. All right. And I think, yeah, five does save it from being a C plus. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Yeah. That's, yeah. there you have it. Okay. I mean, B minus. That's going to, that's going to stand up well in the whole echelon of kill streak. And we will have to find a time to go back and give letter grades to all the previous series. Maybe we could do mm-hmm. that as a one-off special episode, Eric. Oh, that's a good idea because our next series, mm-hmm. which let's talk about now, only has two yeah. entries. It's going to leave us so, maybe with an open week at the end of December. And then we can do our, uh, as a, like a little little uh, ranking yeah. episode. Not ranking, and, letter grade End of episode. year awarding past letter grades. We can talk about champagne and and, mm-hmm. and Auld Lang sign. Auld Lang sign. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, but uh, you've already received a little hint, folks. December is upon us, and we do have a tradition here at Kill Streak headquarters of at least trying to pick topical series for for the holiday month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we try. There, there are still going to be some ginger dead men uh, out there. Yeah, that's a what came up is a uh, friend of the show, Josh Briggs. <laughs> And his wife, friend of the show, Carol Fay, uh, they watched Ginger Dead Man thinking it was a Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Little did they know. If they had listened to our coverage, they might have been mm-hmm. saved. But no. All right. Well, I think this is, I mean, I hope that this is going to get people excited. I'm excited about it. I'm excited too. Uh, it's a really big one. Um, 
And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Eric? It's a series that's near and dear to our it's hearts. So near and dear. What is it, Eric? Gremlins. Yeah. We'll be doing Gremlins and Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Yes, sir. Which Both are streaming on HBO Max. And I do believe Gremlins 2, The New Batch is not... It's 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 a New Year's Eve movie, right? Isn't that? Oh, I don't. I was trying to remember that because don't they have they have the whole years. thing at the end where they yeah. But also, it's like sort of ostensibly supposed to be New York, but I'm pretty sure it's like you know sunny outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't um, Dick. What's his name? Uh, uh, oh God, yeah, the actor. Dick. Dick. Of course, Dick. Whatever. Famous Dick. Doesn't. <laughs> Penis dick. Isn't he wearing a Santa Claus outfit at one point? Or am I thinking the first, the first one? one? I think. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, yeah. the first Gremlins is like a truly um, Hall of Fame Christmas movie. Oh yeah. Um, and and if you practice a different religion or you know don't observe Christmas, uh, come for the Gremlins. Are there Hanukkah horror movies? That's a great question. I bet you there's two. Yeah. Like that have, have well, received should... a, an actual release. We should look into it for next year, maybe. Okay. Do something special. Yeah. Hey, I'm 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 happy to shake it up. Um, okay, so next week, Tuesday, December twentieth, we will be dropping our Gremlins episode. Now, Eric, a question for you. Mm-hmm. Um Christmas falls on a Sunday, the twenty fifth. Mm-hmm. Our next episode on schedule would not come out until the twenty seventh. 27. However, as we just mentioned, Gremlins 2, the new batch, is not a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I'm, I am I guess I would say I don't really have any qualms about dropping it on the 27th after Christmas. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have any qualms. Okay. Yeah. You can stay on it. Or, or are you proposing taking a week? No, I was going to say we could try to record early and then release it on Christmas day. Like we did with, um, with Halloween. Oh, and right, maximum right, right. overdrive. Right. I think people are going to have a lot going on. Yeah. They'll probably have more yeah. time to listen to our beloved little pod after. Yeah. The big day. Okay, <laughs> cool. So, um, then it's a deal. Gremlins on the 20th and then the new batch on the 27th. All right. Oh, uh, why don't you do the, uh, socials while I, Look one more thing up. Killstreakpod at gmail.com. Killstreakpod on Instagram. Um, you can leave us a voicemail if you followed the directions in the show notes. Um, yeah. We don't really use the Killstreak Twitter. I just never found much need We're boycotting for it. Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's happening. Um, okay. So news from the front. Both Gremlins films currently on HBO Max. I already said that. Oh, you did? Yeah. I missed it completely. <laughs> but I will say that we're, we're doing both of these before the end of December. I can't make any mm-hmm. promises about January 1st. Yeah. Now all the Final Destination movies are on Hulu. Oh, my God. Are you fucking yeah. serious? We, we had this window <laughs> we, where it was... Only it was for rent. One month out of the entire year that it was not yep. available on a streaming service. Fucking sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, with any luck, you're a new listener joining us. Uh, 
later on and it's mm-hmm. sitting happily on Hulu or somewhere else and you can watch it for free. And as always, sweetie, it's not fat. They're called tits. <laughs>